And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by a first-time guest, Mike Grinnell. Grinelli, what is up? Happy to join. Happy. I feel like I'm looking at myself here, though. It's a little weird. So this is what I wanted to discuss, and this is something that you and I have talked about a lot, and I've heard a lot of. Um, I remember when I announced my new job last year, there were people replying like, oh, sick gig for Grinelli, like all this stuff. People think we look alike. Yeah, it's my whole life I've dealt with. I've always just called it like plain man syndrome. Like <laughs> I, everywhere I go, I get told I look like someone. I don't know why that is. I think it's my nose. I think I'm just a guy that like, yeah, we both kind of got the big schnoz where like. We do have any, big schnozzes. It's just like the average white looking guy with a big schnoz. Someone's like, oh, yeah, you look like Mike Grinnell. But we, <laughs> I feel like we actually look alike. Um, so, yeah. It's similar. Like, yeah, when I saw when you did announce that job, I started getting tagged and all that stuff too. And I was like, oh my God, I look just like this kid. And then when we met at the Winter Classic, it was kind of like, fuck, I feel like I'm looking in a mirror right now. <laughs> it was. And I've got it before. Like, I've had people in the past be like, like, I had someone at a UMass party. This is probably like three or four years ago come up. And they were kind of like looking at me, like they were in a group and they were pointing at me from across. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, like, what the fuck are you, like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we, we, are you Mike Grinnell? And I was like, no. Like, I wish I was at that UMass I wish, party. I, I wish I was Mike Grinnell. Um, but no, I, I, I'm not Mike Grinnell. Um, so I, I got a kick out of that. And from then on, I've gotten it the most. That's like the most. That and Brad Pitt, obviously. That's the of other Of course. I mean, just, just to add on to what I said before about how this always happens to me. On Sunday, I got a text. And I was in New York. And I got a text that says, pretty bad every time we're both home, we go to Lincoln. And I didn't answer because I'm like, I'm not at Lincoln. And then the next text is, oh, your legit doppelganger is at Lincoln. And I'm like, every weekend this happens to me. It must be Marinovsky. It um, is. Yeah. It was not me, but I, I would love to see this person because that'd just be another. Just we're, you know, you're right though. The 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 plain man syndrome type yeah. thing. Uh, I guess I guess hits us. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's been a while, and I, I don't think it's gonna stop. Uh, nope. anytime soon no. so uh the bruins six and oh start the year i want to get your initial thoughts on sort of the first six games uh what you think of this team and and where you're at with them um so it's tough i'm so happy like this six and oh it's it's a start that probably no one saw coming um except for me um but it's they they haven't really played anyone good like they played no. the, outside of the LA Kings. Like, let's be, we got to be honest with ourselves here. They haven't played anyone good. So as, as fun as, as much fun as I'm having on Twitter and, you know, with my boys and like, we have to be realistic. Cause at the end of the day, like, I mean, <laughs> they're playing the Chicago Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks and the Anaheim Ducks. And the like, Sharks are terrible. Oh my God. I think they might be the worst team in NHL history or they, one of them. They, I mean, they're on track to do that because you look at that roster when they're playing the Bruins and it's like, who, like, who do you have um, outside of like Mike Hoffman? I mean, there's just like Couture. They got Couture, Logan Couture. Someone's going to overpay for him. Yep. Someone's oh, going to overpay a lot for Logan Couture. Um, but continue. Yeah, it's just um, so. My overall thought is I'm I'm over the moon right now with this team. I I, I still think I you can see the flaws. I still think like let let's look at the centers, right? So like 
Potcher has been an awesome addition, right? 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He looks incredible. But they still need center help, I feel like. I feel like they still could use help up the middle. Uh, we haven't seen much offense from Zaka. Um, but, again, like, I'm, I'm being nitpicky. I'm over the moon with this team right now. I mean, Matty P, the potheads. Like, <laughs> this, is, this has just been incredible to watch. But we have to keep ourselves realistic and know, like, they haven't really played anyone good. That's the thing. And I think, like, it has been best-case scenario so far, right? Like, you're 6-0. and You've won every game. Now, they haven't looked good in every game. That San Jose game, they didn't look great. Sunday night game against Anaheim, they deserved to lose. Like, there was all those things kind of wrapped into one with that. Um, but so far, I mean, you look at like Patra, right? Like Matt Patra looks legit. Like that kid is a top six center in the NHL and he's 19. And, you know, again, I, I mean, he's got three games left, uh, including tonight. So we're recording this Thursday, including tonight, uh, against the ducks. So another tomato can team, <laughs> just, just all, they have not played an Easter conference team yet. Yeah. Um, which is so crazy that like, that's how the schedule works where like, we're not even in November. The Bruins have played the Chicago Blackhawks twice, but they haven't played a divisional game yet. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. I don't. Like, those me games either. should be sprinkled throughout the year, and they shouldn't all be at the beginning. Um, no more Connor Bedard, so there's that. Um, <laughs> it's like you, we already what blew our Bedard load. It's, it's not even November yet. I, what have you thought of him? Because uh, you're a national guy with spit and chick. Let's like, what, what have you thought of Bedard so far? I, thought, I think he looks incredible. I think he's a... Um, not only does he have the the skill, but I think his hockey sense is just out of this world. Like he he just find like the puck finds him, and when when the puck finds you like that, it's like you're putting yourselves in the like it's it's not just ironic. The puck always ends up on his stick in a shooting position. You know what I mean? Like he's putting yeah. himself in those positions to be successful. So I'm I'm. Blackhawks fans should be over the moon with him. I think he he has to work on his skating a bit, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, he's he looks incredible. Yeah, I think the shot is just elite. The release, and as you said, the hockey sense. I also think there's nobody on that team. Like that's another roster that is not good, uh, better than the Sharks. But I still think um, you know, still a brutal roster. Up and down, and the and the coverage of him is hilarious. I mean, the poor kid's got interview after interview after interview after this after, which makes sense. I mean, the NHL wants to market their next up and coming star. He's in Chicago. Like, I I get that. I feel like they might have felt like they missed the boat with McDavid and Edmonton for a bit there. So, I mean, I get, I understand what they're doing with yeah, Bedard. Yeah, like I've kind of had it with everyone like ripping on the Bedard coverage. It's like for years and years and years, it's been like we need players to put themselves out there more we need the face of the game to we need mcdavid to be doing going on espn and doing it and then we get a kid who's willing to do it and everyone's (laughs) like oh he should be focusing on hockey this is too much it's like shut the hell up like we finally got a guy that's willing to do things like go on the pat mcafee show you know what i mean and in the middle of the day like that that makes a difference that helps grow the game you know what i mean yep because coming on spit and chicklets that's one thing like that, we, we're a hockey centric podcast. We have a niche crowd, but when yep. you do things like a go big on the, niche crowd, a big niche crowd, but it's big, fans. yeah, yeah. But but when you do things like do ESPN interviews and go in, in commercials and go on the Pat McAfee show in the middle of the day where every bar and restaurant and barbershop in the country has that on, that makes a difference. And actually, it's funny because 
I was, uh, we were in Boston last week. I was at the, the Newton, uh, the, the Newton Sheraton right over the Mass Pike there. <laughs> I live near there. I yeah. live kind of near there. I used to live near there too. So, but I, I was sitting in there cause we were filming a video at BC and long story short, I was sitting there by myself and I was just having a drink and two guys were sitting next to me and well, one guy walked in and he was like, how about this kid in Chicago? And he and the other guy was like, "What?" And he's like, "I'm I'm finding myself watching hockey." He's like, "I'm I'm watching hockey." You heard about this kid in Chicago, and, and my ears instantly just poked up, and I'm like, "You haven't heard this kind of stuff since like McDavid and Crosby." You know what I mean? Yeah. Where like people are turning on their televisions to watch this kid play. They are, and I also think it's not a bad thing. Like prospects wise, you look at guys like Max Celebrini coming up, Cole Iserman, uh, James Hagen's two years down the road, and it's like. You know, obviously, yes, every number one prospect gets hyped, but I think it's kind of a good thing. It gets people to watch. It's new blood. It's it's someone new to watch. It's a new team having someone marketable, and I think it's a good thing. I agree with you. Like, I want to grow the game, and you see, like, even guys like Trevor Zegras, right? Now, Zegras has some stuff on the ice where it's like, oh, come on, dude. But, like, he is marketable. He does all those things, and you still see people being like, oh, that dude's so annoying. It's like, well... It's someone with a personality. That's not a terrible thing. You know who? Um, it's it's. I feel like a lot of same the with time, Pasternak. Same Pasternak. Agree. Like that. I feel like a lot of the time it's the old heads or just nerds that are <laughs> that are coming at guys like Trevor Zegers. Like Trevor Zegers is so good for the game of hockey. The way he puts himself out there, he's laughing on the ice. He's he's, he's in Anaheim too. A, a market that Anaheim. normally wouldn't care about. He's willing to get mic'd up whenever. He's willing to you know do commercials and and all this different stuff. Like he is, he's so good for the game of hockey. And anyone that like has an issue with him is just they got a big load in their pants. Yeah, I've never understood the hate with that. It's like we have all said, you know, person you know, players need to show personality. And also credit to like Sidney Crosby for doing all that stuff with Bedard, right? Like that's an older player in the league who's a face of the league. Good thing that he kind of did all that stuff. I was reading uh, Emily Kaplan yesterday in ESPN, and she was saying how, you know, credit to Connor Bedard and these guys around him for having that access, for doing an inter uh, you know an interview in the first period and the second, and doing stuff like the McAfee show, because, again, it grows the game. So um, I'm all for it. And I'm curious, like with Patra, because Patra obviously is the talk around here. He's the next guy around here. Um, it is cool to see the national attention for a guy like that who, you know, again, in prospect rankings and stuff, even in this offseason, was not a guy that was talked about much. Now he is. What have you noticed with a guy like Potter getting that national attention? So just as, just kind of to give you just an overall, like, arching, overarching, like, outlook on how, how I've looked at this situation, my, my Bruins fandom my Bruins childhood fandom ended this summer when Patrice Bergeron retired. This I, is true. I, something about the team just it. I remember thinking this summer, I, I just don't look at this team the same way anymore. I don't have that childhood type feeling for the Bruins. I love them. They're my team. I'm still a diehard Bees fan, but you don't have that like childhood. Like I watched this guy growing up feeling anymore. But now we've moved into a new a new realm, which is excitement and youth, and it's it's like a new type of Bruins fandom for me. Where 
it's it's not that nostalgic feeling of oh going to see Patrice Bergeron play with my dad when I was a kid 37 still doing it out there that's the right way to play hockey like your, your parents would always tell you go watch 37 it's the right yes. way to play hockey but now we're moving into that era where it's like oh the kids we got the kids now because it's it's not just Patra there's like like you saw Bouchergras tweet yesterday Mason Larai could be playing, and everyone on Bruins Twitter is like, oh, Larai's coming, Larai's coming. Like, there's just like this excitement now that we have these kids, which is, it's, we've never had that. And that's, that's a testament to the Bruins front office for building such good teams that you weren't able to put young guys in because you're competing. You're p- competing for a Stanley Cup. So there was never an opportunity for a 19 year old Matt Potter to step into a lineup and get top six minutes. But now there is, you know what I mean? Now, yeah. now there are those holes and it's, it's so fun to watch. Like it's, I was on the phone with Biz the other night and when Patra got his second goal, I was like, let's go, <laughs> like, fuck yeah. And he was like, how much money do you have on this? And I was like, nothing. I was not like, a dollar. I, I was like, not a dollar. And I'm like, I just like, I have this, this new I don't want to say newfound love for the Bruins because I it's just it's different. Do you, and do you know what I mean when I say that? I do, I do because you know it's interesting. Like we were kids, uh, obviously with Bergeron, Martian, and Martian's still there, right? Like you got that, and I was still a kid, and you were still pretty much a kid when Pasternak was coming up and McAvoy was you know coming onto the scene. So I, I felt like oh those are kids, like you know even though they're you know around our ages and stuff. I never felt like other kids. Now, like seeing a 19-year-old Matt Patra who is still doing uh, college homework for an economics class because he's still technically part of his junior team. Um, it's like, oh my God, like it's a kid. Mason Lowry, same thing. Johnny Beecher is sort of in that category as well. So Who's been fantastic. This who's season. great. I think he's been great on that fourth line. He's what you wanted. I mean, he's, that's what you wanted. In I that, think in it's, that it's, it's very encouraging to see a player change their game Johnny Beecher was not a fourth line player that's not what he was drafted to be you that's not what you thought Johnny Beecher would be you thought he could be maybe a top six top nine center he's got the speed for it he's got the speed for it but then the like the opportunity that presented itself for Beecher was the fourth line center role this year and every time he's on the ice I mean when before Lucic got hurt like that that fourth line of him Lauko and Lucic I felt like every time they're on the ice, they were buzzing. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I want to continue this conversation in a sec. But first, quickly, a word from our sponsor. All right. Quick second here to tell you about our good friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is so easy to use there's a wide range of betting options including spreads player props over-unders and more so visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season again FanDuel.com slash Boston FanDuel the official partner of the NFL 21 Plus and present in mass, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 
gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start, gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, now back to the conversation. So I find what you're talking about with the kids fascinating because you're right. It's a different feel with this team. That's why like Connor, Ryan and I were talking about this uh, earlier this week. And it's interesting because like, you know, when last season ended and that heartbreak happened and Bergeron retires and Krejci retires and you just blow an amazing season. Everyone's like, I'm not watching the regular season next year. It's not worth it. And it's like, this is a different team with a different identity, with different needs, and it's just a different crew. I mean, you can throw Swayman in sort of those kids' category, in that, in that kids' category, and I, I just, it's a different group, and there's different expectations, and I know they still say cup and all that stuff, but I feel like this is a big, it's not a bridge year, but it's a, it's a build year for the future, building formative early career moments for your Patras, which again was unexpected, um, you know, for your, uh, your low rise if, if and when he's up this year and, and your Swaymans and guys like that uh, who are going to be kind of fixtures of this team for the long haul. So that's where I stand on that. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so fun to watch, man. And it's just, it's so different than what it used to be. You know what I mean? And I, I, I just think, like, there was so much pressure pressure before. Like, all I wanted was Bergeron to get another cup. Like, oh, I, wa- yeah. I, I watched for Bergeron to get that cup. And I was told, I'm not I was told a few years ago by a Bruins player that, I'd say three years ago, I was told by a Bruins player that Bergeron was considering retiring. So I've known for a bit, maybe maybe four years ago, so I've known for a bit that this day was coming. So I always felt like pressure because I'm like, oh, this could be it for Bergeron. We need the to clock. Get one- was, the clock was ticking. The clock was ticking. We need to get one more. We need to get one more. Now I, I don't feel that pressure. Like I know there's, there's, we have time here. Like it's, it, there's not, the clock isn't ticking now. You know what I mean? So what about, you don't feel that way about Martian? I, I mean, Marshan's not slowing down at all, though, man. Like, he looks incredible out there. And, yeah, I mean, he's, what, 36? Yeah. So, like, the clock is absolutely ticking. I think he's got two – I think he has two years of elite hockey left, probably four years of NHL hockey left. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows? Like, he could go even longer now. Um, but I, I, I think this team has some time. I do, too. And that's what I kind of want to get into next is sort of – you know, should this team this season make moves? Because for the last bunch of years, you know, it's been the window is about to close. They need to make as many moves as possible at trade deadlines and free agency and draft and all those things and screw the draft picks. We need to add wherever we can. And now we've hit this point with this team where, you know, going into this upcoming draft, no first round pick, no second round pick, unless they're t- they finish in the in the lottery. They finish in top ten, and then they get the pick back uh, from Detroit. But uh, most likely, that's not happening. So, um, do you think this team should add? Because you mentioned it. I mean, they could still use a center, right? Like Coilins. I think Coilin Zaka uh, away from the puck and in their own zone and the neutral zone. I think they're terrific. Like those are two guys who do the little things, who are very responsible, but it's like that production's not there, right? Like the production of a true top six center. And I think Zaka, it'll come, right? You're playing with Pasternak, uh, you you know, Martian on the left, Debrusque on the left. Um, I think his production will come, but a guy like Coyle, it's just the production's never really been there. Should this team add this year? I, do, I don't think they should. 
I think um, let's play out the year. Like we said, it's a fun year. Let's let's let Potra get his minutes. Let's um, because if again, if you add, if you do add a center, you are probably taking minutes away from Potra, which we we really do. We want that this year. Like I think we want to see no. him develop. I think we want to see him get as much ice time as possible. So next year. When all that cap space opens up, I think that's when you you make your moves. And if you you want to improve the team, it should be done next off season during free agency. I just I don't think the team should be trying to improve and, and jeopardizing the future right now. My only thing with that is like I for, I feel like guys don't make it to free agency that are franchise altering centers anymore. And that's where like you're like your Mark Savard no six isn't there. Your Tavares in 2016 isn't there. Like. That's where I have it. Like that's where I kind of hit a point with this team. Where I'm like, what is next? How are you getting? Because I agree with you. Like, is a Patra Zaka one two duo your long term play? I don't know quite yet. I think it's a good thing to have now, and it's a solid thing. But I think long term, I would like other options there or to entertain stuff. I, like, you know, you don't have the picks right now for the draft, so that's you know. That kind of goes away. Unless you hit on a third or fourth this year, uh, or you know, you hit on one in the future, which you could. Uh, I mean, second round pick in 2022 Patra is <laughs> paying off pretty Very good. Very true. Um, but free agency's tough. Like I, I, that's just feels like an overpay. And then like trading, what are you trading? Like that's the other thing. That's why I really don't want them to make any, you know, massive moves this deadline. Like they could use a top six winger right now. I think like, you know, I'm curious to see what Geeky can offer. He seems to be doing pretty well in that spot now. Like can Frederick jump up? Can Van Riemsdyk hold his own? I'm not trying to give away a lot of future for a top six winger, like a Connor Garland, for instance. Like I'm not, I'm not beating down the door for that. Um, So like, I'm curious what your take is on how this team can add next off season and going forward. Cause I agree with you. You do probably need a top six center at some point. I just look at Elias Lindholm in in Calgary and think he would just be the perfect. Wouldn't he be? He really would just be the perfect addition. I don't think he would cost too, too much. Um, So yeah, like I look to a guy like that in free agency, but then you also look to, I mean, there's some big name. There's going to be some big names out there. Steven Stamkos, William Nylander, uh, Sam Reinhardt, uh, Elias Pettersson. I think he's RFA though. But I mean, there's there's going to be some big names out there that you can go get. And I mean, it really all depends on like the the development of Patra as well. Like if come the end, like if if Patra puts up 25 goals this season, I don't know if we're having this chat that they need that they need center help. That's what I keep hitting, going back to is like, if he works out, right, if he gives you somewhere in the range of 45 to 55 points in year one, right, which is freaking great for a 19-year-old kid who really, like, we all thought was going to be in, back in Guelph this year. Like, if that's the case, you can kind of pencil him in as, hey, there's our franchise center, right? Because, like... Not only the production, just through through six games, the little things, right? Like, just being in the right spots, the routes to the net, playing well in his own zone. Like, he's got, he's got that perfect blend so far. Again, it's been six games, but so far the perfect blend of production, offensive ability, and doing the little things right. I think Jim Montgomery said it in a behind-the-B thing. He's like, you have compete and you've got uh, I forget, intelligence. And if you put those two things together, you go a long way in this league. Yeah, I think I think it's 
one thing that's been very interesting to me is how his peers talk about him. I mean, we've seen prospect hype in the past, right? Like, oh, there's, there's yeah, been boy. so many. <laughs> there's been so many guys that have come up, and you've never heard. You know, it's always just the same run-in-the-mill answers from the teammates. Yeah, you know, we hope hope to get him in there. Hope he works hard. You know, it's a tough game. But but with, with Patra, it's the conversation's different. Like Brad Marchand comparing him to Mitch Marner. Like things yeah. like that when you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I've never heard such praise for a prospect. Like guys aren't just going to throw that out there. You know what I mean? Like in... Nobody knows more than the guys on the ice. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If if Brad Marchand is saying, "Oh, this guy's like Mitch Marner," he's he's a lot like Mitch Marner more than <laughs> anyone else can tell. You know what I mean? Hundred <laughs> percent. And that's why I just you're right in that you do have a future there with Patra down the middle. Whether he's a future number one center or number two center, um, I think you ha- they have something there, and it's a godsend. Like. I mean, how freaking lucky are they that in the first year post-Bergeron, this 19-year-old, you know, similar to the Bergeron and Krejci, the way he slows the game down, uh, pops up, uh, you know, kind of a year or two ahead of schedule, and suddenly you're in a pretty good spot. uh, I actually, like, feel bad for him because the amount of pressure now that's on this kid is just immense. It's like... He has all of us fucking nerds on Twitter being like, the potheads, Patra, we lo- our savior has arrived. And like, this kid's just a 19 year old. Like, he. When I was 19, I couldn't figure out, like, you know, which dining hall am I going to tonight for dinner? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I had no idea. And like, he he's has, got all the pressure of the world on him. All of Bruins Nation saying, like, he's Patrice Bergeron's replacement. He's the next future 1C. And he's 19 years old, so it's like we do have to pump the brakes a bit. I love this kid, but we gotta, we gotta. I just, I feel bad for the kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, he's he's earned this. Like he's yeah, worked he hard enough that he's earned the fact that people are are talking about him like this and kind of have those expectations. Um, and it's interesting, like for the future. Like I was just thinking as you were saying the stuff about the centers, like you know, uh, you could go Patrozaka for the future, but. You, like Zaka was pretty damn good on the wing last year, and you know if if an opportunity for an Elias Lindholm comes up, um, or you know a Sam Reinhardt or guys like that, you could always put Zaka on the wing. Like it, it's good to have guys who are centers; they can play wing too. Charlie Coyle's done it in the past, so like if you really want to go that route, because obviously they have Zaka locked up for you know a fairly long time, so like you can also do that. Um, but again, I think just the Patras opened up a ton of options right like you have coil on the third line with van reemsdijk and frederick in the perfect spot for coil and uh you know you, you a little less pressure on zaka this year now so um i think it's worked out uh, i'm curious before you go i want to get your thoughts on the atlantic because detroit's you know just kind of you know been gangbusters to start and ottawa's looked really good and tampa doesn't look great because they don't got vasilevsky and the whole stam coach thing is hanging over their heads and you got buffalo and like what are your th- like? Who are going to be the good teams this year in the Atlantic in your eyes? I just think Toronto is such a wagon this year. I do they, too. I think they're so good up front. They are just so good, and they addressed not all of their issues. I still think goaltending and defense is is definitely an issue of theirs. But I mean, they added Klinberg. They add, I, and they they got so much tougher. Like they they're not the Leafs of the past. You have Ryan Reeves. You have Max Domi. You have Tyler Bertuzzi. Now you have some some sandpaper in there that can actually like 
make a difference, can change the momentum in a game, which I just think is so important for the playoffs. So I think the the Leafs kind of sit atop the division, and then it's, I mean, Detroit looks awesome. They look they look so good. The eyes are playing is is finally coming to be. Most Sider is just a dog. He, he's way, so good. He's so good, and I think he took a a step or two. For, like he he jumped his uh, development a year or two. I think this year. Um, and that's just he he could be a Norris candidate at the end of the year is how good he's looked. Um, so, yeah, Detroit, Detroit looks awesome. And to what an addition. I mean, he's come in and just made an impact immediately. Yeah. And he's he showed that he's the top line center that he was in. I mean, top line wing. I'm sorry that he was in um, in Chicago. Yeah. And it, speaking of Chicago, it it it's interesting, like is. Where's Patrick Kane going to go? I, yeah. I, I'd love to know. Like everything I hear out of New York is he, like he's not coming back here. It it seems like Detroit or Buffalo are like the two perfect options for him. You go back to Buffalo, you go back home, or you go to Detroit. You can play alongside DeBrinket and Dylan Larkin. Like this team is a wet. Like why wouldn't you do that? Do you know what I mean? I, I agree, and and it's kind of spells bad for the Bruins because it's he's coming to the Atlantic no matter what. Um, and again, I think he's still terrific. You know, obviously he came off the injury, uh, but you know, I, I think it was his representation that released the the highlight, like the huddle highlight reel skills of his video. Um, but I mean, again. I agree. Like, and also Buffalo is such an exciting team, right? Like to potentially play with a Tage Thompson um, or a Dylan Cousins. And, you know, you've got just, you know, I think they have to kind of figure things out defensively. I think you got to like, you know, Deline Power, Clifton's now there. Like you got to figure that out and you got to figure out in net. I think Devin Levi is nasty, but I am curious, like, you know, what is his staying power in the NHL and, and not staying power, but, you know, can he consistently be the Devin Levi we saw at Northeastern? Um, I just don't. I don't so. agree. And I remember I said this last year. I I don't agree with them throwing Devin Le- Devin Levi right into the fire. Like he he was this amazing college goalie, and I get that. But like the NHL is a different game. You can't just throw this guy in. Like he should have been a backup for a year, or he should have played in the AHL for a season. I it just yeah. it doesn't make. And I know, I mean, desperate times call for desperate measures. You need to, they needed someone. But at the end of the day, like, this guy is not ready to play in the NHL. Well, look at, like, the the Swayman development path, I think, is one of the best, right? I mean, the way that that's worked out. Obviously, every goalie is different, but you look at Swayman, and now he was in Providence when they were playing out of New England Sports Center during during COVID. So, you know, I guess he kind of got the, you know, it's like the hockey you and I used to play at New England Man, Sports I Center. Man, I forgot that they I <laughs> forgot that they did that. He was playing at like rink 1 with nobody in the stands, <laughs> playing like, you know, like elite snack little... bar though. Elite snack oh, bar. I go so I'm there a lot now with with New England Hockey Journal and I love when I'm there because the chicken finger you can get a wrap like the, they actually have a kitchen um so it's you can it's get big. can you still get booze? You can uh, every parent's got a booze that got some booze. You gotta, head, which you gotta is, drink. Which is a recipe for disaster for a lot of these parents, man. I know. Screaming through the glass, but um, yeah, I mean, again, like Swayman's development path, AHL got called up at the end of the year, was one of three goalies. Like he outworked Halak. It was not, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that that was going to happen, and he kind of charted his own development path to be the backup to Rask. So, like, th- again. I, 
I agree with you. I don't know why you're tossing him in there immediately. I know they made a huge deal of it last year. Um, but... I, I, I equate it to like a an NFL team like drafting a quarterback and starting him his first year. Like, oh, like Mac Jones. But yeah, it just it's it, that doesn't always work. Like you need to develop these guys. It's it's a different game at the pro level. It's I just I'm not a fan of throwing guys right into the fire. I'm not either. Uh, before we go, uh, I. I imagine you made some preseason predictions for the Bruins. I'm curious if they've changed at all. Um, I had them at third in the Atlantic to finish the year and out in the first round. Uh, I'm curious where you're at with that stuff. I had them as the first wild card team, I believe. So uh, I think I had Toronto, Tampa, and Ottawa ahead of them. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I really like the additions Ottawa made. I still think they're a great team. I still think uh, they're gonna they're gonna impress some people this season. But yeah, I think um, I've I was I was under I said it all on Chicklets this summer. I said it in our preseason previews. I said it on TikTok. I said it on Twitter. <laughs> I I said I think the Bruins are going to be better than people think. Just in that, I mean, when we look back on the playoffs, the two the games Bergeron and Krejci were out. Games three and four, I believe, mm-hmm. that was the best the team looked like. So. The whole Zaka coil up the middle, it didn't scare me maybe as much as it should have. Um, and then Potcher just coming out of nowhere. It's been, it's just been so fun. And I'm, I'm having so much fun as a Bruins fan this season watching this team. Um, like I said, it's, it's just a, a new, a new fandom almost for this team that it's, it's just been a blast to watch. It's a new era. It's a new era. Uh, and I, and again, I look back like during the offseason, I kept saying like, you know, obviously you can't replace the leadership, the importance, the, uh, you know, the intangibles that Bergeron and Krejci brought. But just look from a point production perspective. Like, is it crazy to think Zaka can put up somewhere between 60 to 75 points? Is it crazy that for Charlie Coyle, this is, again, pre-Patra, to put up 45 to 60 points? No, it's not. I mean, you're playing with good wingers. I don't think that's a crazy thing. So I was with you the whole time. Like, I... This team is is good. It's not a bad team. You know they're not going to suck. Oh wait, you just mute. You just went mute. I can't hear you. Sorry. I have two questions for you. So yes. one, how many points do you think? Actually, no, no. I have two questions for you. One, okay. do you think there's any chance, any chance at all, that Matt Potter gets sent back to the OHL? No. Not in the, not, no, not, not now. No, God, no. Unless, unless, I mean, even in the next three games, if he was terrible, I mean, I, I, I have a tough time believing they would ever do that. You can't. He's too good. Number two, how many points does Patra finish with this season? I mean, I have him, God, it's so hard to like, it's hard to put it on a kid, but I'll say like 53. Ooh. And he finishes with a, a good, like, like a good first season, a strong again because he's playing with good wingers, right? Like, I got forty-seven. I'm I'm okay. right in that same area as you, though. I think you know, twenty goals, twenty assists, kind of right in the middle there. And he's a phenomenal playmaker, and he's playing with good players, right? Like if he's with Marshan long term, even like a guy like Geeky, like Geeky does help him out a lot and provide, you know, adds that sort of that size, creates a little bit of space for him. Like I think that's where the fifty three points come. He's also on that second power play unit, so and that, that the, second the power, power play unit is is like almost better than the first. It is. It basically is, and I think that's where like. 
the power play is going to find itself at some point. They're not always going to, you know, they're going to find themselves. So I haven't, you know, you have them at 47. I got them at like 53 uh, in the 20 goal range. And man, I mean, that is a hell of a first year. I mean, he's already, what, three goals, one assist. Is that what he's at right now? Yeah, I think, I think. so. So, like, again, three goals, one assist in, in six games to start your career. Like, that's why I kind of like that they started off with this soft schedule because it's like yeah. he is going to get a chance confidence. to cook a that's little That's a good bit. point. That's a great point. Like you, confidence. You, yeah, like that game against Anaheim, right? Like, you're down and out. That looked like a loss. They were not playing great. Second night of a back-to-back out west. And, you know, he puts himself in smart positions. That first goal, nice tap in in front. Second goal, he was screening the shot, turned around and fired it in. Like... Earns wins a foot race. I saw Feidelberg tweet, and I, I might have missed this on the broadcast. Like before Patra's goal against Chicago the other night, like great work in his own zone to even put himself in that position. Like he does the little things right, and I think that's where like you mentioned it. There's been prospects in the past that have had that skill, right? That that have been skill guys or fast or things like that, but they don't have that that the compete, the intangibles, the doing the little things right. And that's when that combination of things, I think, is when you sort of start to find success uh, in the way Patra has so far. And 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 I want to see, I don't want to see Patra on the ice without Brad Marchand. Like I need them two together. I want Brad Marchand showing Patra where to eat breakfast, how to work yes. out in the gym. You know what protein Brad Marchand's taking. I want Patra taking the same stuff. Like that every aspect of Brad Marchand's. Brad Marchand's a hunter. I want Potra start to start hunting. Like I, I want him copying every aspect of Brad Marchand's life, and I want them playing on a line together because I just think that's so important. When you talk to these guys, these NHL players, they always credit a veteran. Anyone who's had success, they credit a veteran. Bergeron showing, had Marty Lapointe, remember? Exactly for showing them how to be a pro, how to get through these grueling seasons. Because when you're a 19 year old kid playing these 82 games, it's it's tough. It's long. It's in, in, I remember in the preseason when Patra was on a line with Marshan, you saw Marshan coaching him up before plays, after plays, going into faceoffs. He's telling him what to do, how to do it. That's so encouraging because who, who else would you want? Like Brad Marshan is one of the best defensive forwards in the game. He can also play. He also has an unbelievable offensive touch to his game. It's, there's like no one, I mean, Bergeron would be the perfect person to teach Patra, but Brad Marchand's a close second. You know what I mean? Yeah. So th- that's why it's, I, I don't want to see them apart. I want to see them playing together. I want to see Patra moving in with Marchand. And credit to Patra for also being open. There's a lot of kids who come up who are touted, you know, again, he's a second round pick. I still put him in that category of he's still a, you know, in his draft was a top half of the draft kid he's a kid who's always been sort of someone that uh you know has worked has done the right things along the way credit to him for being open to everything that Marshand and, and those guys have said and 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 being receptive to it because I think there are a lot of young prospects who come up who think oh I I know what I'm doing already yeah, and I think that's type kid yeah that, and it's that young kind of mind that's like oh you know I know what I'm doing I don't need to listen to a veteran you know who cares he's been open to it and I think it's it's worked out so well um for him so yeah i mean i agree with you man like are you still do, in the locker room and all do you still go down and do um like interviews and stuff i go in a, i mean i go to some home games i try to get to as many practices as i can because I, I live pretty close to warrior so i try my best to get over there quite a bit um it seems like I, they're busting his balls a lot like they're always talking about in the post game like oh yeah we were giving potsy a hard time about <laughs> this like 
I love that. And I, I'd love to hear, like, I'd love to to talk to someone who's who's in the room and just like, are they busting his balls at all time? Like when he has the media scrum around him, are they all chirping him? Like, and it, I hope they are, you know what I mean? Cause that's, that just make, probably makes him feel so much more a part of the team. It does. It does. And I, again, I, I look at, you know, you even look at like mentioning Marshan with Patra and I had this thought from a little while ago, like, on the off the ice, obviously it adds a lot, but you look at on the ice, right? Like, I think Coyle is an outstanding center. He's great in his own zone as a shutdown center. I think Coyle is perfect, but I think Patra unlocks an offensive ability to Marshan that I don't think Coyle quite is able to do. Couldn't and I think that's more. why I like Marshan with Patra because I think the veteran leadership, but also what Patra can do for Marshan in terms of setting him up what Marshan can do setting him up. Um, so I love those two. Montgomery's talked all year about keeping two guys together on each, you know, each forward grouping. I think Marshan and Patra to me should be together. But also on the other side of that, I think Charlie Coyle is far better suited as a third line center. Oh, not hundred percent. Like yes. he, he is the perfect third line center, but then when you put him as a second line, first line, you, the flaws are much more apparent where you're like, oh, you know, maybe he could be a little faster. Maybe he could have a little bit more offensive touch. But as, a, as that third line center playing with Frederick and Geeky, who I think Geeky has looked awesome this season. He and I think Frederick's looked great, too. That clip of him calling out England, that was awesome. <laughs> That was great. That's what you want. Who was Anglin calling out before that? So I was say I was talking about this with Connor. From what I could tell, I think he was trying to get Van Riemsdyk. Because Van Riemsdyk was skating out of the frame and was kind of looking back towards him like this as he was skating out of the frame. So my guess, my guess, I don't have any like insider information on this. My guess is he was trying to call out Van Riemsdyk. And that's where Frederick came in and was like, no, 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 no. You'll go with me or nobody else. Like, I, I like... I get like the giggles like when I when I see someone like sticking up for their friend and, or their teammate like no 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 you don't fight him you fight me like 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 Reams Van Reams like could have just called him like a motherfucker like he could have just said <laughs> and he's like all right now I'm just gonna get punched in the face like it's it's just it's such a wild concept to someone who's not like familiar with the game of hockey who's fighting all the time <laughs> yeah exactly but it's it's just i loved seeing that like the fight was awesome but then when when the bruins and behind the b posted that clip of him being like no 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 no, you don't fight him you fight me i was like oh i fucking love this kid this kid is awesome and I, I, what I love about Frederick fighting is a lot of guys fight and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, once the, you know, it's whatever they fight, they do what they kind of do. He seems to genuinely get angry in his fights. Like they, like he finds that anger that I don't think many guys can, can grasp. And he just takes it. Like he doesn't stop put throwing punches. And I love that about his fighting. Cause St. I just, Louis it's kids, man. It's these yeah. St. Louis kids. I feel like something about them. Like Brady just, Kachuk's fight the other night. That was nuts. They have like a chip on their shoulder. Like it's maybe it's cause big Walt probably taught half these kids to skate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe that was it, but, but also like, like new England guys kind of have that too. Like a Nola Chari, like a Rhode Island kid. Kinda, like remember that fight he had against, um, Mackenzie Weger oh, a bunch yeah. of years ago where he just like, you know, rearranged his face. So like, that's where like, it's that, that St. Louis, Boston, new England, like 
cold weather, a little rough and tumble, uh, which I think is great. But um, Grinelli, this has been so much fun. This has yeah, been great. This is a blast, How much did you? Man. I imagine you love this because on Chicklets you can't talk Bruins for forty minutes. Like you no, gotta, you just, gotta touch on everybody. It's funny you said that. I was just thinking that. I was like, I'm having a blast right now. I don't get to do this too often and just talk Bruins, which is fun. Um, yeah, so this was this was a blast. I'll I'll come on whenever you need me. Yeah, I'm excited, and, and I think the fans will be excited to have you on again and again. So uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, before you go, what do you want to plug? What's I know Chicklets obviously is Chicklets, but anything else and anything with Chicklets that people should know about? Um, just uh, We just released Chicklets TV, which is just kind of like a behind-the-scenes um, you know, video series of uh, what we're working on at Chicklets. The, the first episode was kind of behind the scenes of the Chicklets Cup and all the workings there. Um Working on a college hockey series that should be coming out soon with uh, Chicklets and Barstool. Haven't really announced that yet anywhere. Did so. I see on your Instagram story you were at UMass? I was at UMass. I was. And I'll say this. Uh, Coach Carville gave us like unprecedented access to facilities, practice, meetings. Um, it was That video is going to be incredible just like the the amount of access that carvel gave us was insane and the facilities themselves at umass are just out of this world they redid everything once they won the national championship so it's it's cool to see some money put into uh an up-and-coming program um but yeah so so working on a, a college hockey series uh should be coming out in the next month or two um and then just listen to chicklets every tuesday um, it's it's obviously we have a bunch of Bruins fans listening here, but it's it's a National League take on on the league. And um, yeah, it's 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 we're having a lot of fun doing it. We have some big guests come in. Um, yeah, so tune in. You guys always get some crazy guests. There's always people on like you had Lucic this summer. He was terrific. Rask, where you asked him about. Uh, it's funny. I love buffs. I love Buffs Pub. Now, every time I go in there, I think uh, just because you put it in the universe that he shit his pants because of Buffs, even though he said he didn't, I still go in there now and I'm like, oh, am I going to like leave here shit in my pants like Tuca, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it's just, it's what I think, but that was one of those things that kind of just like came out. Like I didn't really like. An I intrusive like, thought. An intrusive I, thought came yeah, to the surface. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, film this. Like I got a funny question. <laughs> I kind of was just like, yo, like what happened at Buffs? Like I heard, <laughs> I heard you shit yourself. So that was kind of funny. But um, yeah, it's uh. It's the interview aspect of things. It's it's fun. We we take a lot of time and pride and um, like we I have a call today uh, with with Biz and Wit and we're gonna kind of run through who we want to get on in the next month. You know what I mean? Um, you know who who are some guys that we should seek out and when we have guys on too, you know I have to I vet them. You know what I mean? Like we don't we don't we won't just interview anyone. Like a lot of the times. I'll, I'll send them a text. I'll jump on a call with them. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try to get them talking about some stories beforehand and see if they'd be good for the show and, and fit. They got to be interesting. They got yeah, to be interesting. They, they got to be interesting. And and if they're not, it's good to let Biz and the guys know that beforehand, so they can be a little bit more goofy and quirky. Maybe they have a few beers before the interview to to loosen <laughs> up and, and and have a little more fun. So. I appreciate you saying that about the the interviews because we definitely um, it's not something where we just are like oh let's interview this guy and throw it on the pot it's it's something we are very um, very calculated about. And I would imagine 
so many kids coming up now, right? Like you had Fantillion. I think, did you have Leo Carlson too? Yeah. I want to say you had Leo Carlson. Like all these kids coming up, right? Like they listened to Chicklets. They listened to Chicklets at 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. So that's like, you're in with them now. You're like one with the kids. And I think that that's like, that's what one thing in my job in doing a hockey journal that I see all the time is like covering kids at that age. Like, like you're 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 getting to know them at a younger age when they aren't famous yet. Like they were listening to Chicklets before they were famous. And I think I would imagine they all want to come on because they've been listening to Chicklets since they were freaking little kids. Yeah, Kirby Doc, I think, was a, a very funny example of that. Like when we had Kirby Doc on when he had just gotten drafted by Chicago, third overall, we were in Chicago. And he came by and he was just like so and we're so happy to have the third overall pick chicago yeah, blackhawks like, like, oh yeah this is going to be their future we thought their future franchise center and he was just he brought his dad he brought his brother because he's like oh we listen to you guys every day like we love you guys so much and we were kind of just like this is this is kind of crazy because usually like in the past we've had to kind of like ask for favors or beg essentially beg guys to come on or yeah but then now yeah as this youth generation has um you know they grew up listening to us which is crazy to say they they're happy to come on and they want to come on and they know what to expect and it's it's actually good because a lot of these kids this this gen x has a lot more um personality than the millennials than my age where the gen x they know if i say this i'll go viral and if yeah, I go viral, that means true. more dough in my pocket. Like they know these things, which is important. So yeah, it's been it's it's crazy to like like the Hughes brothers. Like they talk about how they they used to always listen to us and like just hearing stuff like that. You're like that is that's like that's crazy to me. That like isn't it wild? And I guess we have for like for you because you we have similar you know upbringings. We played hockey growing up. We went to school for media, like all that stuff. And it's like and you and you get into the grind of like constantly putting out content it's just like what's the next thing what's the next thing what's the next thing you don't think about the impact you don't think about people actually listening but it's a big deal like and i think that for you guys have sort of hit that like straight on and i think it's so impressive to see like how, yeah, how well you guys have done that anytime anytime someone's like oh i grew up listening to you i'm like you must you must think i'm <laughs> such a loser like i've said so much dumb stuff over the years like you must just think i know nothing and you must feel old because yeah, like, you're definitely. like, oh my God, you grew up, li- what are you talking about? I'm, you know, and like, even for me, like some of the kids I'll, I'll write about or cover or watch are like, oh sevens, oh eights, you know, like oh fives. And I'm like, what do you, like, what do you mean you were born in 2005? Like, what are you talking about? Um, so it's crazy to me, but um, you guys have done such an outstanding job. So yes, you will be on again. This is, this is a blast. I think we could go another hour if we wanted to, but um, Grinelli, this has been great. Uh, and yeah, that's this week's Bruins Beat. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brisbane listeners have a great rest. Go bees, baby. Go bees. (laughs) What he said.